0: This is Bellator Colloquium, a podcast of the Bellator Society. Bellator in Latin means warrior, and a colloquium is a conversation. We at the Bellator Society are online warriors for the true, good, and beautiful, and this podcast is our conversation about all those things and so much more. Meet us here weekly at Bellator Colloquium and at bellatorsociety.com for content that will hopefully lift you, inspire you, comfort you, and make you feel a part of our Bellator Society.
1: Good morning, friends and warriors. Welcome to podcast number eight. Get excited because today we are talking about prayer. Thank you for joining us. We're your happy Bellator co-hosts. I'm Tracy Eddy. And on the other microphone is my co-warrior,
0: Fran Yeager. Hello, hello, Tracy. Hello, every hey. th- everyone out there in Bellator society. Thank you for listening. And Tracy, can I make fun of you for just a second? For sure. You told everybody good morning. It's not even morning here. And what if they're not listening in the morning? But we come out in the morning, so we <laughs> no, always say good morning. True. That's true. <laughs> that's absolutely true. But when you said it's it, my I stick. got like. I got like sweaty and I was like, it's not even the morning. What if they know? My heart started beating (laughs) just a little little
1: fast. That's what I'd say because my hope is that right when you wake up, you just go straight to that podcast and see if we've released another one and and we're in your inbox.
0: Oh, I love that. I love that. Okay, you're, you're setting them up for success. Listen to it fresh in the morning on your morning walk or commute or while brushing your teeth. This is all it. true, or I exercising, whatever,
1: <laughs> whatever, whatever. How are you?
0: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm excited about today's topic, actually. Me too. Me too, because guess what? We're going to talk about four
1: articles, four of the um, blog articles, and you and I both have one right in, in the mix, but then we have two other contributor articles all on prayer, so obviously this is something... Um, that needs to be talked about because we've got quite a few articles on it and it's the foundation of our Christian life. So it's a pretty big deal, right? It is
0: a big deal. <laughs> and, and you know, it's so funny with our blog, the way we have it. I mean, a lot of times we have sort of um, a cornucopia of topics in any given week. You know, we, we have various things that we think will appeal to people or we have what we call our mini series where, you know, it, where it could be a week or 10 days or however long of the same topic. Well, this just kind of happened. And they just kind of fit together. Um, And I realized only after they were scheduled for this week that they were all connected by this idea of prayer. And so when we started talking about what we were going to talk about today on (laughs) on the podcast, it just made sense for this to be the overarching topic. And so, yeah, it is a huge part of our faith. If you go to the Catechism of the Catholic Church, it is Um, It's divided into four parts, and Christian prayer is the fourth of those four parts. So it is so important that it gets a whole section um, in the catechism. So there's a lot to cover in terms of prayer. We're not going to cover all of it. (laughs) I feel like the Holy
1: Spirit sort of chose our topic
0: today. Oh yeah, I think Don't so. Don't you think? I think so. Yeah, I think so too. And uh, part of and part of prayer is listening to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. So, um, we're we're praying while we're doing this.
1: And I am better at talking than listening, which yes. is part of my prayer life that needs improvement. Yes. Are you more of a talker or a, a a listener?
0: Well, it's funny that you should ask that because I would have liked to have said I'm super good at contemplative prayer. But <laughs> um when so that's actually the topic of my article for, for the blog for this week, um, on pray like a preschooler, because apparently that's where I am. Like I'm all <laughs> about the the constant, you know, ch- chatter, basically, you know, just just constantly talking. And so I, I don't think I'm that good at um just contemplative prayer. I think that I'm pretty good at, um, at meditative prayer. Like if I have something to focus on, I can mm-hmm. I can sit quietly and and do that. Mostly, I mean. But but yeah, just sitting in in quiet and letting the Lord speak to me is something that I'm still still working on. Um,
1: I sort of assume that everybody is like me and that we all just chit chat with God. And mm-hmm. I was at a, a Bible study. And we were talking about prayer and and prayer in the adoration chapel, and one of the women said, "Um you know if you if you're having trouble talking to God, just be quiet and just be with him." And everyone's like, "Yeah that's you know, yeah, 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 and I'm thinking, be quiet, I have to shut up." <laughs> like <laughs> who are you women that don't have anything to say?" <laughs> and they're like, really?" and I'm like, yeah i'm I'm usually kind of have to make myself sometimes just be quiet and try and enjoy this peace and the silence and and sort of." try and open my ears a little bit and open the ears you know of my heart uh, yeah. to some degree but no I, I'm a talker
0: you know and, and it's hard to know what the right way is because I feel like we're always especially those of us who have any any measure of type a in our personalities we want to do it right Right. We want to make mm-hmm. sure that we're we're following all the rules and we've we've got all of the, the things in order. And I don't know that that there is in terms of, you know, whether talking or not talking or you know whether it be vocal or or not vocal or whether it be communal or individual or all of the different categories of different kinds of prayers. Is there one that is best i mean probably adoration is best i would imagine <laughs> you know it's definitely maybe superior on the hierarchy of prayer to petition but um but it's hard uh, the, it reminds me of the story that i think I, I think i read it or heard it somebody to say it but um it was about a, a a novice master i think that's what they're called the 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 priests that are the formators for novices in seminary i think they're called masters sounds I good i don't i don't actually know that i don't own that information but <laughs> but anyway he was teaching the the first year seminarians um in their formation how to pray and one of his rules was you know you should not chew gum while you're praying and um one of the seminarians, raised his hand and said, well, can we pray while we're chewing gum? And the formator said, well, of course. See it? Get it? Yeah. Like if yeah. You're, if you're praying, you shouldn't be doing something else. But if you're doing something else, well, of course you can pray while you're doing that. Anyway, it was just one of those little moments of distinction that kind of yeah. kind of takes you off guard. And and they, I mean, I'm sure he had a reason. I don't I don't know necessarily that he was saying like this is the rule for everybody. He was trying to to form, form these, yeah. for these baby priests. Um, or these babies into priests. You know, he he was trying to give them some some rubrics and some some things to think about while they are um, kind of learning how to pray in a different way. But I thought that was so interesting. Um, that, that's hilarious. Because, that, you, know, you know, most I don't
1: I know for myself, but also most women were multitaskers. I mean, how oh, yeah. do you I, I do try and wake up in the morning and get some prayer time and just quiet me and me and the good Lord, just the two of us, but I pray when I'm in the car. I pray when I'm curling my hair. I I mean, I kind of have constant moments of sort of stopping and praying or lifting up, you know, a thought or whatever. Um, So I would be in big trouble (laughs) if that wasn't appropriate. And the good news is I think Jesus loves to talk to us no matter what.
0: I think you're absolutely right, <laughs> and that brings us really, really easily and smoothly into the topic of our first blog, which was by Aaron Bolkins, and it was "Pause for Prayer." Um, you know, we, just as we were saying, like both of us, I think have that have that uh, capacity or that knack for for chatting with God throughout the day. But we do have opportunities in the course of any given day to to take a pause from what we're doing and really be intentional about that prayer. You know, it's not so much us narrating our lives to god but but really turning to him and and being um very purposed in that that either petition or um praise of him or something like that and so she tells the story of of just you know how she teaches her kids how to pray and um one of which one of those ways is that when an ambulance um passes by their car or their house um she said we usually think you know ooh i wonder what's happening is it a car accident a heart attack you know whatever it is um but she really tries to turn her mind into teaching her children to to use that as an opportunity to pray right for for the person yep. um either who the who the ambulance is picking up or maybe even the workers in the ambulance um you know to help them and just looking for those opportunities um throughout the day uh to turn to god intentionally so i thought that was it was really beautiful, that. yeah, do you have those times well we t- we
1: always did that, and I still do i mean my my parents, my grandparents anytime we were ever passed on the road by an ambulance or or you know um a funeral procession or anything like that, we always make at least made the sign of the cross if not bowed our heads instead of an intentional prayer. Yeah. but my other time that we do it um pretty pretty regularly is when we pass a graveyard anytime we go yes. past cemeteries, um I always feel like there should be some prayers. There's a lot of souls, a lot of, um, family members and, you know, just a lot of people there that, um, that probably need our prayers. You know, that's something that Catholic church believes in is the prayers for the dead, you know, for their souls. And so, um, I always try and do that, but those are my two biggies probably of, of when I'm out and about besides praying for myself and my personal intentions
0: (laughs) or for parking spaces. (laughs) <laughs> or
1: Or for the rain to stop, or for the a cloud to come and yeah. and uh give me a little shade because my seat is melting when I get in the car in Arizona.
0: So it actually, so when I don't know if you were in the car, Tracy and I were together recently and we were in a minivan with several of our friends. And <laughs> we were in the parking lot of of wherever we were going and we got a really good parking space. And I said, Oh, look, it's a front row Joe. Thank you, Saint Joseph. And everybody kind of looked at me like, What? And I was like, Oh no, that is my that's my prayer. If there's a front row Joe, it is given to Saint Joseph through his intercession because he knows that sometimes I need a front <laughs> a front row Joe parking space.
1: I've um, never heard that. That's awesome.
0: Well, and I've heard I have heard you say that that you pray in front of cemeteries and that's beautiful and that's something I'm going to have to add uh to the to the Jaeger uh prayer regimen. but um one that we have that we have um since my childhood Um, And I don't know that my parents ever, like, explained it to us, but it's one of those things that that you kind of learn by osmosis. Um, Whenever we pass a Catholic church, it can be, like, on a trip somewhere. It can be – it's almost like one of those things that we look for, like, look for the Catholic churches because we make the sign of the cross as our Hello Jesus in front of Catholic churches Um, because we know (laughs) that, you know, Jesus is present um, really and truly in the Blessed Sacrament, in the tabernacle, in that church. Um, And, you know, it's just our acknowledgement of, um, of him there. And so that's always kind of a fun thing, especially when going through towns. Um,
1: and I think prayer like that is, um, when we were chatting the other day, we were talking about our prayers and, Mm -hmm. and things like that. And I'd love that. I know I've never sat my children down and said, every time we see a, an ambulance, we will stop and say a prayer. It's just something we do. So Mm -hmm. I think it's built into the fabric. Um, I know for me, when I was growing up, Driving with my grandparents, driving with my parents—like we just did it, yeah. And I just do it, and my kids, I hope, have just picked that up because it's—it's it's part of our lifestyle. It's part of who yeah. we are. When we, when we, when we see someone in need, we don't have to talk about it. We just—we're mm-hmm. in unison, you know. We, we're united in prayer. And um, you said something about when you were in elementary school, and yes.
0: Yes, so, so we I, I went to St. Edwards in downtown Little Rock, Arkansas, in early elementary school, and right across the street was a huge fire station. And whenever there was a fire call, uh, you know the sirens were blaring, and we could we could hear it from across the street. I mean, it really was like right across the street. And um, we had traditions in our in our school where we would make the sign of the cross and put our head down and you know say a prayer for um, the the firefighters and for the people who they were going to help. And again, it was one of those things that I don't remember if any teacher ever explained to everybody in the class, like, this is why we're doing this. But it was like, it was in the culture of the school. Mm-hmm. I mean, you couldn't ignore the fire alarms. And so what do you yeah. do with it? And so we we turned that into, you know, a moment of prayer. So, Yeah. I love those. I love those little. Erin in her blog calls them triggers. You know, we think yeah. of triggers as like such a negative thing in today's culture. <laughs> like,
1: you know, oh, please don't You're, do that. It's a trigger. Trigger, <laughs> trigger language. Exactly. Uh, we pray.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, but, but to kind of again redeem the word for Jesus. You know, yeah. we're using these as, as triggers to turn to Him, and just in our daily life. And and I think that that's I think that's meaningful. And I think that it 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 lifts our minds. And that's what prayer is. I mean, if we look in the catechism, like the very first definition for prayer comes from St. Therese of Lisieux. And she says, for me, prayer is a surge of the heart. It is a simple look toward heaven. It is a cry of recognition and of love, embracing both trial and joy. So it's just looking at mm-hmm. God, you know, throughout yep. the course of our day. And I love that.
1: Well, I tell my kids too, you know, prayers, it's really just a conversation with you yes. and your savior. And, um, and, and that takes it a little bit Go, to go on a windier road mm-hmm. a little bit, um, when you know the the claim that we usually hear from from non Catholics is, do you really to pray to Mary and you know things like that? Mm-hmm. And what I've kind of trained my children because they know it's not wrong, but they can't really you know they had trouble explaining it is, you're you're in a conversation. Yeah, it is it is a conversation. You were talking. You were. She's a friend. She's a mother. She's a grandmother. Um, obviously, God is our Savior, and so that's the prayer that we, you know, probably. Rightly so. Focus on the most. But but you can still have friends that are, you know, in heaven that aren't God. You can still chat with them and converse with them and, and ask them for your prayers, just like I would ask you to pray for me And um, in a time of need or struggle. You know, you can ask your friends in heaven to pray for you also.
0: And that's, so that's because of Jesus, I mean it's right. because of Jesus that we have that access to the people um you know in heaven gazing into his face, like that it is because of him it's not in spite of him, it's not beside him it's not you know it's not outside of him, it is because right. of him that we are in communion with them and have the opportunity for that conversation and I think when you explain it that way, I love that. I love that you that that's the way you've taught your children because I think when that's the explanation. It makes sense to everybody because who doesn't, when you have had someone say, pass away in your life that you knew in this world, I can't think of anybody. I mean, that is like a, a common theme in movies where people go to the grave site of someone who, you know, they love and they kneel at the grave and they talk to them. Yeah. You know, because they believe in some way, even even an agnostic in some way believes if you're there, you know, it might be in a doubting kind of way, but yeah. they but they say you know if you can hear me, if you're out there, <laughs> you know, this is what I want to say to you, and and we as Christians just have the the certainty and the assurance of there isn't out there, you are right. out there, and because right. Jesus is my Savior, and because you know because of Him, I can talk to you. Yep. You know, and and you can receive my my you can receive what I'm what I'm what I'm telling you and you can pray for me in exchange, you know, that that we really do have this beautiful communion of saints that is truly communal. It's not right. one sided. Right. And and their prayers are heard. Yes, because the the prayers of a holy man are powerful indeed. And who is holier than the people who are enjoying eternity with our blessed Lord? So, amen. Yeah. Amen. amen. So this actually goes really well into our next blog, which is mine <laughs> because it's called Pray Like a Preschooler. And, you know, we're, we're, <laughs> conversations, it would be ideal if they were two-sided. However, uh, anyone who has lived in the house with someone who is learning to talk and at preschool age knows that the conversations are not always two-sided. Sometimes they're very <laughs> one-sided and you just kind of have to say things like, uh-huh ooh, that's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you don't even really pay attention to all of the things that are being thrown at you because it's like this <laughs> constant, you know, spray of, of intentions, really, yeah. of, of yeah. things that they want to tell you. And, and so one day, m- my blog is about one day uh, recently, I was sitting in a morning mass by myself and I don't even know how I got there, but um, there I was and didn't have the four-year-old with me. And uh it it amused me because I, I experienced kind of like in a deja vu way, the same thing that I had experienced like 10 years prior, uh, maybe even longer prior, when my older three boys were very young, about his age, preschool age, just before school, where they were with me all day long. And I was just <laughs> at that at that moment of fatigue of like, I can't take anybody else talking to me. And so I I jumped on the opportunity to go to a daily mass by myself um, after a doctor's appointment. And I remember sitting in the church that day, and it was so quiet. It was at uh, the Cathedral of St. Andrews in downtown Little Rock. So you know, yeah. I know. Yeah. I mean, you know that vibe. It's just Quiet and lovely, especially in the middle of a hot summer day because they have noon mass. And I was sitting there, and my brain kept like inspiring things at God, right? I was just like, okay, and this, and this, and this, and this. And I wasn't, I I did not at that time have that sense of, you know, quiet reception of what he might be telling me. And it amused me. I I was so amused. I was like, oh Lord, now I know how you feel because this is, this is exactly what my kids do to me every day. And I'm sorry, but I can't stop myself.
1: (laughs) I got so much to tell you. I think that's that. Don't you think that the Lord just delights in that though, especially when you have not really been able to probably be quite as focused and um, have as much time, maybe for your prayer life as you would have liked. Don't you? Don't you know that He kind of loves it when His children come and just sit sit and want to talk? Because I know for me, not necessarily preschool, but as I've got my children are getting a little bit older and. Um, they don't always want to just chit chat so there there are times yeah. when they come and they just start talking and asking questions and and we have this good conversation and it's probably a little bit more two-sided because of the older children, but I love it when they when they do want to mm-hmm. sit down and talk and mm-hmm. so I think I mean we're so imperfect and our relationship with our children is so imperfect compared to God and his perfect you know fatherhood but don't you know that he just loves it when you do have a a moment, an opportunity, and you're excited to come and and see him and worship him. And, um, and you got a lot to say. I mean, yeah. I'm sure he's not like, oh, bring it, bring I'm it sure down. I'm sure the Lord is better than
0: me. <laughs> I, if I know anything, I know that to be true. But I do think that, that, that is the start of any prayer life. And I think right. that if we look down on that kind of prayer as something inferior um, then, then we do a disservice to the progression of the spiritual life because if we say I'm not doing it right, so I'm not going to do it, which I think is kind of our, uh, it's it's a lot of times our default. Like if I'm not doing this well, then I'm just not going to do it. Like I don't have time. I don't. But but he just wants what we can give him, yeah. right? And sometimes yeah. it is just. You know, Jesus, just listen to me. Just look at me. You know, I, I'm here. You're here. All, all of those all of those little ejaculatory prayers that just kind of effervesce <laughs> to our to our minds.
1: You're ridiculous. What? <laughs> Who says ejaculatory
0: <laughs> prayers on a podcast? You <laughs> know what I mean. The what, that, no, ju- tell
1: me what what does that mean? Tell me what ejaculatory uh, prayers
0: means. It means the prayers that spring forth. <laughs> I'm sweating. (laughs) Okay, okay. we're gonna call them. You know what? I don't always use that word. Sometimes when I talk to my children, we call them popcorn prayers because they just kind of (laughs) like pop up. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna. I'm glad to use the big words here. We're gonna use the middle school version of ejaculatory prayers and just call them back popcorn prayers. Oh, Oh my goodness! I need ice. Okay. Um, Okay. So, what were you saying? Yes, Jesus loves to hear us. Whether they are just those prayers that come quickly from our from our mind and our hearts, um, because that's how we learn to live in relationship with Him. I think so. I'm not really super. Tracy, oh my goodness gracious. I think we're going to have to move into some singing because we have said about all we need to say about that. So oh, we're going to move to Anna Ostrom's piece, her blog on hymns, which I thought was beautiful.
1: Me too, because I love to jam, which Anybody that knows anything about Bellator Society but know we've got a jamming Spotify channel, <laughs> and you should listen to it because we've got some good tunes. I will say Spotify needs to be worked on a little bit, yes. and we are getting there, and we've added some really good songs. We've taken off some songs that are not quite so um, peppy, if you will, but do check out Spotify if you're listening. Bellator has a Spotify channel, and there's some good songs on there. We're going to keep adding to it. And if you have a suggestion um, for Spotify, let us know because we would love to, to add your suggestions because there's so many great praise and worship hymns um, out there. So go ahead, Fran. Sorry Absolutely. To
0: no, I was going to say, I was going to just echo what you're saying. Like, if you have something that you think would be a good addition to our curated Spotify <laughs> channel, you do email us at bellatorsociety um, at gmail.com, <laughs> um, or you can just go to bellatorsociety.com and go to contact us and just shoot us an email there, too. It does go to our email. We did figure it out. It does come to us through our email, so we will receive anything that you send us from from the webpage or um, from our email. So yeah, tell us what tell us what kind of songs you like, what you listen to in terms of um, your prayer life or just, you know, bopping around in the world. And uh, we'll, we'll take a look at that for the Spotify channel. But uh, back to Anna's piece on hymns, she um, is reminiscing about her grandmother who was not Catholic. She said she was raised Southern Baptist, but uh, worshiped in Methodist church throughout her adult life and just was, a lover of the word, of Bible studies, of hymns, of, of all of those things. And, um, she taught her grandchildren, um, you know, to that, that same love of the, those traditional hymns. And I love Anna's, um, and I know this to be true because I went to the beach with Anna and she does have a heart for, for singing. In fact, <laughs> I think we sang, I think we sang, um, glory, glory, hallelujah on the, the beaches of St. George Island together with all of our children. So this, I have seen this in the flesh, but she said one of her favorite memories is floating on rafts in the Gulf singing how great thou art to God be the glory 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 hallelujah and all these other hymns that um that she remembered just off the top of her head you know it was in the family repertoire um, as they enjoyed God's creation together and um I love southern that. southern baptists have the best
1: praise and just the, the best gospel choirs don't they I they mean, do yeah maybe it's because we're both pseudo from the, well I mean we're both from the south who, who am I kidding? <laughs> We're both from the South. Um, and so we grew up not in Southern Baptist churches, but I'm sure, I don't know about you, I can't speak for you, but I mean, I have a ton of friends who are Southern Baptists, and I would go to church with them occasionally, or you go to an event where the Southern, you know, the, the Baptist choir's there, and they always have the best music. I mean, they, they do, can lift yeah. up their hearts. In song,
0: so my husband grew up Southern Baptist, and his uh, church was Whitesburg Baptist Church in Huntsville, Alabama. And (laughs) they had every Fourth of July; uh, they had a huge production where they had beautiful music, patriotic music, Mm -hmm. worshipful music, all of that. And we would we would attend that actually, you know, all of I mean, all the churches did because it was such a big thing. Like you got your I don't know if we had to get tickets, but you showed up at Whitesburg Baptist Church, and we just packed in that sanctuary. Um, and it was it was Just a moment of of of, you know experiential uh, worship through music, and it was it was beautiful. But one one more recent um, experience that I had that I thought I mean it really gave me goosebumps was we took when we first moved to town to Nashville, we took the kids downtown to the Ryman because that's what you do. That's what you do when you become a (laughs) Nashvillian. You cannot live here very long and not go to the Ryman. So we went That's like just. Sorry, I'm
1: no, an interrupter today, no, but ahead. that's like living in Colorado and not skiing. So we took our kids skiing like three times for in five years, and we're like, <laughs> oh, yeah, we love the mountains. <laughs> it's,
0: it's just what like, we
1: do now. It's like when you live in Nashville, you have to say, oh, yeah, I've been to the Ryman, of course.
0: Oh, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a super, obviously, it's a music city. So everybody, yeah. you know, goes to little concerts and things like that. So we went to the Ryman, and this particular um, event or, or show at the Ryman had Matt Marr and Audrey Asad. Oh, that's I mean, awesome. that's I awesome. mean, it was awesome. And um, at the end, we were, we broke into um, hymns. Uh, they they were not necessarily leading the hymns, but they were a part of the, the group on the stage who were singing. And so we went into some really traditional hymns and, um, there was oh, oh, there was the choir from Lipscomb, and Lipscomb is Church of Christ, and yes. if you know anything about Church of Christ, they do not use instruments um, right. in their in their worship services, and uh, so everybody knows four part harmony. I mean, you just know your <laughs> harmony. Uh, yeah, I can. I mean, I hope, I hope that there are choirs of angels that sing like that because it was. Gorgeous, just off the cuff as we as we moved from the instrumental portion into an a cappella version, and then the entire audience who were, you know, the mamas and the dads of the kids singing from the Lipsom choir were sitting in the <laughs> audience. The entire auditorium broke out in a four-part harmony. And I just looked over at my husband, my eyes were filled with tears, and I was like, this is so beautiful. <laughs> And they were singing the hymns that were traditional hymns, you know, they were just beautiful, and everybody knew the word. you didn't need a hymnal in front of you. No. you, you knew what these words were because it's the things that we that we all sing, even if you go to a contemporary service, you still get those the words. texts. Yeah, yeah, you you get the lyrics through even our most contemporary um Christian Beats. music. so <laughs> I was I, I thought that was really, really beautiful, and I love how music. Um just it, it unites us. It, it has a special way of lifting our our voices and our hearts and our minds in a communal way when we're doing it together together to God. But but it just, just I mean, it's almost the best meditative prayer as well. Because yeah. it's a focus um, yes. of our of our you know faculties, all of them, um, on the music and lifting it up to God.
1: I I like that you said that you looked at your husband and you're in tears because I probably maybe every Sunday, maybe every other Sunday, I tear up during mass. Like music that just kind of calls my heart home, just, oh, it just gets me. Um, I usually sing about the first verse, maybe a verse and a half, and then in an (laughs) effort to not embarrass myself, I stop singing and pull myself together and and just listen to everyone else singing. But there's something about, um, you know, there's just songs that remind me of a sweet time in my life, my wedding, my grandfather's funeral, my mom's funeral. Um, the the 4th of July, when we sing God bless America, I mean, I, it gets me, I get emotional. And, um, I read somewhere that that is some sort of a spiritual thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm happy that I have a heart that's soft enough that, um, that's affected by music that way. But I don't know. I, I get kind of choked up pretty easily when, when, good music's on and, and a beautiful choir. And I know, especially when we're at mass, like I know that the mass is not about the choir Mm -hmm. and I know the mass is not about the preaching. Mm -hmm. Um, I know the mass is about the Holy sacrifice, um, Mm -hmm. and about Jesus in the, in the Eucharist, but when you got that and you got good music and a decent homily, I mean, go home. It's just, it's, it's a big deal.
0: Yeah. Um, It reminds me when when we were real young, uh, my brother, uh, Jared, who was number five in our family, um, every single mass when the Hosanna was sung, he would cry. Every time, oh. it was the weirdest thing. Like it was a joke for us. Like you, <laughs> like you, you wanted to be looking at him when the hosanna started because it just like his little, his little. I mean, like two years old, like not old at all, he, like or even younger. He would be sitting in one of my parents' arms, and when the hosanna would start, his little chin would start, start, oh you know, trembling, and his eyes would get all watery, and it was just the funniest, sweetest thing. But that was one of the ways that that you know the Lord really did speak to him. I mean, even into you know, his, his deathbed, really, he would have his earphones on and be listening to, to music. And that was something that that calmed him, um, you know, more than, you know, more than the narcotics did, you know, <laughs> it's, you know more than the painkillers, yeah. that was something that was a soothing a suit. So, it soothed his soul like nothing else could. Um, and I think everybody has that, um, or not everybody, but they're Everybody can understand it, and there are some people who are, just as you said, soft in that way. Like, that's how Jesus impresses himself on them through through the gift of song. And was it St. Augustine who said that he who sings prays twice? Is that St. Yes. Augustine? Okay. Oh, I don't
1: know, but I know that yeah. the
0: <laughs> But I like it. I'm happy to be corrected gonna, if it's not St. Augustine. We're going to call it,
1: yeah, write us. Yeah. Write us, Bellator Society, Gmail.
0: Tell us Let if us friends right or
1: wrong. I'm noncommittal. <laughs>
0: So I just, I love, and I love that Anna is now teaching her babies uh, those same, those same same hymns because, oh my goodness, what what a beautiful tradition, what a beautiful heritage in the Lord to be able to pass on uh, that gift of song uh, to your children and teach them how to pray that way. Because that is praying too, you know, you can, you can sing and pray. You might not be able to chew gum and pray, but (laughs) you can definitely (laughs) sing and pray.
1: (laughs) Okay. So what is your, what would you say your favorite prayer? prayer routine is? Do you have a routine oh, um, or do you keep it kind of, I know you, I know you're probably not going off the cuff all the time. I know you well um, enough to know you probably have a, um, a routine and you've mentioned different things like when you get in the car and things yes, like that. So yeah. what, what is, what is your, a day in the life of friends um, oh, relationship oh, with the Lord?
0: On, <laughs> I know. Cause I'm curious now, I like it. and I
1: think well, everyone else is curious. I do, I do me have- and everyone else.
0: I do do a morning offering, and um, we actually just had this conversation with a couple of family members recently. It was my mom and maybe my sister, or I can't remember who, who all was involved in the conversation, but my mom said that she used to pray um, in her bed, and I'm not I'm not deflecting what I do. I'm just saying my mom yeah. said that she used to pray her morning offering in her bed, and then I think she moved even to her knees next to her bed, but then she had knee surgery, so she probably isn't on her knees all the time anymore. <laughs> maybe she is. I don't, I don't know, but um, I mean, I have very vivid memories of seeing my mom kneel beside her bed Um, but she said that now she does her morning offering while she brushes her teeth and I was like oh that's good because I do try to do a morning offering before I get out of bed um, but that's not always possible because sometimes I have someone jumping on me, and it's not my husband. It's usually a kid. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like it's like the four year old coming in and be like, "I'm hungry. I need to go to the bathroom or whatever." And so, you know, to to, to jump in and say a, a morning offering there isn't always possible. So, um, I loved her idea of doing it when I'm. I mean, I'm gonna brush my teeth every single morning. So, doing that morning offering at that time, and that's kind of why the car routine works for us in terms of family prayer is when we're all all in the car together or as many people as we can gather in the car together um you know that's where we can really focus in on on our prayer um as a family first thing in the morning and then um i do just as just as you do just chat with jesus throughout the day we always say grace before meals um we used to do the angelus when we first started um, homeschooling the kids um at noon um Oh, like one that. of one of my kids used to put uh, the three o'clock hour on his watch and would have an alarm go off every day at three o'clock. And it was for him, but I loved hearing it because it reminded me to make a prayer for the hour of mercy um, at three o'clock. And then um, we do night prayers as a family. So we have like our little family ritual prayers that we say every single night together. Um, and actually we do it in, two different iterations because usually the four-year-old goes to bed before the rest of the family so we'll say prayers with him which are kind of a shorter form <laughs> and then we short and sweet exactly and Pot then we 40. have right and then we have the high mass no then we have you know the, the more the more you know lengthy prayers often readings um, especially during Lent and Advent um, where we say them as a, as a family before we all go to bed or before the most of us go to bed in fact you will always most nights a Jaeger boy will come and find me or Matt and 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 say, hey, I'm about to go to bed. Can we go ahead and say prayers? So that's usually how that works. And then um, I love that. So sometimes it's
1: just you, Matt, and one uh kind of individual kiddo.
0: Yeah. And especially if the other kids are like out doing something, and then we do them, then we do that same ritual with the other kids before they go to bed. So sometimes we're saying the same prayers, like the same ritual, like you know, two or three times a night, but, um, but that's kind of our, our family tradition. And then Matt and I pray when the lights go out, we hold hands and we um, have our little prayers that we say together every night. And that started um, a few years, I think, after we were married. And um, I, I think I marveled. Um, my parents always say a nightly rosary together. Even if we said a family rosary, they, you know, say a, a rosary together. And I said that to Matt, I was like, I love that. I, I wish that, I wish that we were there, but we're just not there yet. Like our time, our, <laughs> yeah. You know, our, maybe even our holiness isn't isn't there yet. <laughs> and I was like, but but I'd like to start something and he was like, you know, let's just let's start with a Hail Mary, you know? And so we've we've added on since then. But even just starting with the Hail Mary, um, just the two of us has been very um I don't know. It just connects our, our prayer life together that's apart from even our children, right? And then we, of course, say our own prayers. I mean, I presume he prays, and I promise you that I do. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, having all those, those communal experiences of prayer— um, I think is important as well. So, a lot of my prayers um, have to do with other people throughout the course of my day. What about totally, you? Totally. I'm put you? On I know, the hot I deep. know. I was hoping I was hoping I could just jump into my block. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, well, you know, I my I don't think I've ever had one singular routine. And much like Erin when we're in the car, sometimes I take prayer intentions on the way to school and and we pray, you know, on our way to school or sometimes when I pick up um, kids from school afterwards will say a divine mercy chaplet on the way home mm-hmm. or, um, but in the mornings I, especially lately, um, or, you know, in the last year or so I've really been trying to kind of, um, because I, I find that if I try and pray when I've got time throughout the day, it doesn't work. And then I'm anxious all day about yeah. finding the time. And so I've been really, really, really trying to be intentional about waking up at like 30 minutes, maybe even an hour before everyone else is up and, Mm -hmm. and sort of going through my litany of prayers and I'll add, I'll add some. And sometimes if I have a special intention, I'll, I'll have an extra novena in there. Um, but I, I've, I've lately, I'm like saying, saying my St. Michael prayer. And I'm saying my, um, is it Cardinal Mercier or Mercier? Yes.
0: The Holy Spirit prayer.
1: The Holy Spirit prayer. Yes. That's one of
0: ours in the morning. I love it.
1: Well, and I love it too, and um, a wonderful priest told me about it, and I started praying it, and I think I told you, and you were like, oh, we pray that, and I'm like, okay, it's, it's even more legit because the Jaeger's praying. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we pray, I, I pray that. Um, I always try and get in a rosary if I can, and uh, but then just literally from the time my feet hit the floor until I lose consciousness at the end mm-hmm. of the day, I feel like I'm in constant prayer. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes more than others. Sometimes the busyness of the day kind of gets the best of me. And, and, but I even feel like if I've been going and doing other things too long, something stops me. And Mm -hmm. I, and I realize you know, I haven't said hello lately. So I'll, I mean, I'll just stop and hi, Jesus. I love you. You know, I trust in you. Um, Holy spirit. I need you. I mean, I just, those are my little quickies, you know, throughout the day. Mary mm-hmm. Jesus Joseph, I love you, save souls. Like mm-hmm. that's a biggie. Um throughout the day. And so that leads into my um into my blog that is titled Tender Garden and it's a story of my summer vacation.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Can you really call it a vacation?
1: <laughs> Can you? I don't know. God, all right. So for those of you um, who don't don't know me personally, we have a family lake house and it's called the Beehive, and my grandparents built it before I was born. And both my parents, um, my dad's one of seven, and my mom, uh, her daddy passed away when she was little, and her mother remarried an amazing man who was the only grandfather I knew. And they had a combined total of seven children, um, and so we had a very big extended family. And so my mom's mom and stepdad, who Really, we never considered him our stepdad because they were just he was just such a great, great father for her um, and a wonderful grandfather for us. He they built this little cabin and they called it the beehive and um, in Hot springs, Arkansas, like Hamilton. Over the years, it got past my my mom and dad bought it just to keep it in the family so that people could still enjoy it. Again, some of the best memories um, are were spent there in the summers and about I don't know, six years ago. John and I bought it, um, kind of time to go to a younger a younger set. And in the, in the last five years or so, I've had my sister stay there a lot. Her friends have stayed there a lot. Cousins have stayed there. Aunts and uncles have stayed there, like second cousins, you name it. So the house is always being used. Mm-hmm. Um, not as much as if we were spending summers there, but um, it's being used. Toilets are being flushed, whatever. The water's, water's being run. And um, when we moved to Arizona, we sent a huge pod there full of stuff um, because we just, we weren't going to bring everything to Arizona. And we thought, we'll just go, th- go down there, spend a couple weeks, unpack boxes. We're going to donate some furniture we've had there for a long time, yada, yada, yada. Well, we get there um, and Mother Night, it had been a year since anybody had been there because we had had all this furniture there and it was just not really livable because of all the stuff we sent. And animals had taken up residents there and I've talked about it on the podcast before but I'm just a few more details I mean (laughs) serious serious devastation Um. like new roof you know soffits and fascia and electricity and air conditioning and carpet and cabinets you name it and then we found out we had termites I mean it was like and it was a raccoon that got in through the air conditioning and squirrels that got in through the ceiling and termites going up from the bottom of the house. Oh, and it was just utter devastation. And it was just like varmints and creepy critters and, you know, all this stuff. And so um, we spent the whole two weeks ripping out, calling up, you know, calling contractors, getting things fixed, having the moldy refrigerator taken out. and the, And it was just... But as I saw these layers of things going and and dump trip after dump trip, you know, with the borrowed the neighbors borrowed truck, um, I started to just and I kept going, Lord, what are you telling me? What are you telling me? And if for whatever reason the the idea kind of came to me that this is kind of our my soul, this is sort of reflective of my soul. Not this this is not where my soul is right now, but <laughs> this is important. Why we have prayer routines? Yeah, it's great. To, to have a relationship with Jesus and to, and to pray when you can remember. But it's it's really important, I know, for me mm-hmm. to have a set routine, to wake up in the morning, to start my day with the Lord, to be intentional about certain prayers that, that are important to me, like my rosary or my divine mercy chaplet or my Holy Spirit prayer or pleading the blood of Jesus, which is another prayer that um, a priest told me, kind of encouraged me to do recently. Um, and so I've added that also to my daily routine. But it's like the the squirrels and the termites and just the gross, dirty mold. Mm-hmm. It's sort of what happens to our soul when when we don't use it, when we don't keep it clear and fresh, when we don't take advantage of the sacraments, when mm-hmm. we don't go to Holy Communion, when we don't frequent confession, um, things like that. So it was it was like I, I mean, I don't think I don't think Jesus did this to me just so He could give me a, a clear picture on my on what happens to a soul that's <laughs> that's not. Um, that's not in grace with him um but i do think it was a te- maybe a teaching moment for him to to point to point my eyes in that direction so that's what that was my takeaway from yeah. that which is why i asked you about your routine cuz i know you yeah. have one yeah.
0: no i love i love that and what a blessing that that you are able to to have that that realization or be in a place to receive that message in the the midst of all of that chaos. And we may have to throw up a picture of those chairs that were eaten.
1: <laughs> yeah, two pottery barn dining room chairs, y'all. We're eaten. <clears throat> they the were eaten. eaten. <laughs> I know. It's the craziest. I mean I it was it was so if you know Frayne you know she's she's a clean freak. And I like things clean. I mean I don't like dirt. I, I'm not a dirty person, but I I'm not probably a germaphobe by any means. <laughs> and uh, I am. Fran, Fran kind of is. And so I sent her a picture and I'm like, this is your worst nightmare. And it really is. It's kind of my worst nightmare, but you would have, you would have burned uh, the house down. I feel confident.
0: That that was my response to you. I think, I, I think my only response was for a while, burn it down. No, no, it was a question. I, I asked you, I said, do you have any matches? i <laughs> no.
1: I mean, it was, it was bad. Let me tell you, it was bad. And we're, I'm just in a season right now where, um, I I feel like I've needed extra prayer time. And because of that, I think I was so, you know, I was at the lighthouse and there was nothing really to do, but listen to music, listen to our podcast here and there listen to other people's podcasts and pray. Cause you couldn't, yeah. you didn't want to sit on the furniture inside. No. So I just oh, walked no. and paced. Do not touch the furniture. No. Well, I no. it <laughs> went to the dump. It went to it. People I donate. Yeah.
0: And some uh, neighbors uh. took
1: some things, you know, I'm like, <laughs> they go, do you think there's squirrel urine on here? And I'm like, absolutely. There's yes. definitely, but you can have it. I don't want it. <laughs> I, if you feel confident in your cleaning abilities, take it. Um, mm but i think i was so open to that message because i have really been double downing on my prayer life and um and so it was it was like mm. see this mm. is, it was almost like an x-ray yeah. an x-ray of my soul was was oh. the inner workings of my attic and my yeah um again not not my soul but my soul without Right, without the sacrament,
0: it was almost prophetic. Like yes, ten, thank Like you. tend your garden. This yes. is what could happen if you let things go go too long. Or and you know, I think we all have that. I mean, ho- hopefully our souls are not you know rat infested with raccoons pooping <laughs> everywhere. I mean that's and terrible. termites, right? In term and and the termites, yeah. all of the things. But um, I think we do have those moments or phases or seasons in our life where we do kind of get lax in prayer yeah. and, and we and we we function under the false notion sometimes that that prayer is all about us you mm-hmm. know that that it yeah. is entirely like our doing and so we have if we're not doing then then it's not happening but we mm-hmm. have to really I think kind of flip the flip the switch and and realize that prayer is simply a response to what God is doing for us or in us right. that it is always an extension of faith in him and and faith is always a gift and so prayer being an extension of faith is also a gift and right. and it's something that we do have to respond to but but not feel like it's always on us and so right. it, it it often again kind of going back to that idea of praying like a preschooler it's just a it's just an awareness that that God is here He's here, mm-hmm. and not be so bogged down with the idea of I'm just not doing it right. You know, I right. love, just as you do, like asking people what their prayer routine is, asking people what their favorite prayers are, and, and all of those things. But if my prayer life doesn't look like their prayer life, even if they are a super holy person, it doesn't mean that I'm doing it wrong. Right, right. You know, it, it means that I'm responding in the way that I can now. And, you know, we have so such a rich tradition of, of the lives of saints who have operated in prayer in seasons of immense dryness and darkness, you know, and and yet they still, you know, move forward in in some measure of of prayer and response to God simply because they know He's there. Well,
1: and the reason why I asked you is because I, I truly am interested in other people's prayer life because I'm inspired by other people. Mm-hmm. And it's just the same, um it's the same way as if I read Saint Padre Pio Love This Prayer. You better bet I'm going to pray it, you know, because I love St. Padre Pio. Yeah. You know, so, so saints that I feel especially, you know, in a special closeness with, like they're, they're my friend. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I try and emulate a little bit of their prayer life. If they, if they said this, like if St. Mother Teresa had an, an emergency novena, I use her emergency novena like it's nobody's business when I have an emergency, which um, we have a
0: blog about, by the way, that that Carrie wrote. Carrie, that's right. Moody wrote for us, which I think is just fantastic. And I and that's she right. and she and you actually introduced that prayer to me, and we use it all the time now. We have a little emergency prayer novena text thread <laughs> that happens regularly. You yeah, know, when something needs to be prayed for immediately and and intently.
1: Absolutely. So I love I love learning about other people's prayer life because I think that it's a journey and. Um, and it's a marathon and not a sprint. And so I, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm, I'm always looking to, to pick up on just good tips or, or what works for you and things like that. So thanks for sharing that with, with me yeah. today,
0: Frank. Oh, thank you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, I think it's important to consider kind of as we wrap up kind of this reflection on prayer that um, it's not always going to – prayer, there, there always is fruit in prayer, I mean that is absolutely true. But we don't always—it's not always the fruit that we ordered, you know. Right. It's not always what we what we anticipate will come from um, that prayer. And and again, you know, we we often just have to persevere through those times of distraction or dryness or. Um, Gosh, so there's so many things that that hinder us from a an active prayer life, but we really do need to do what we can, you know. And so, as we were kind of preparing for this uh, this this podcast, I texted my mom last night, and I said, "I need your top three tips for prayer." And so she, <laughs> this is what her. I'm going to read you her text verbatim, and she said, "Dedicate a time for prayer and stick to it. If you can commit to a time, treat it as you would a mass commitment. Don't arrive late." or leave early. Um, don't allow non-emergent distractions to pull you away. Address each person of the Blessed Trinity in prayer as well as Our Lady. I never do that. Like, I don't think I intentionally say, well, I do in the the sense that we say in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, but do I address each person of the Holy Trinity? I mean, usually I'm like, Jesus, please, or Father, please. and I'm a little little less familiar with the Holy Spirit. I probably need to be more charismatically open to the the Holy Spirit. Um, And I do pray to Our Lady, but you know, to be intentional each time. So back to my mom, Uh, she said, (laughs) and, and make sure I clearly state my litany of petitions. In my litany of petitions, thy will be done, not mine. Yes. Yes. those were her, that's Betty Ray's top three tips for praying. (laughs) (laughs) She is amazing. She's awesome. Well,
1: a little bit on that real quick is that, um, I've always found that in unanswered prayers, if I've been really fervently praying for something and I don't get what I want, I'm still at peace with it. Yeah. I still know that there's, um, there's a peace in the no,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, mm-hmm. in the N O <laughs> from, from um, that unanswered prayer. So that yeah. helps me.
0: Yeah. I love that. I love that. All right. Well, you want to do last little bits? For sure. Um, My last little bit today
1: is you mentioned when we were together and we were in a minivan and St. Joe <laughs> front row, St. Joe, which I've never heard, but I will start using it now. Um, and I think I was in the car when he said that, but I'm glad you explained it because I'm not sure that I knew what you're talking about. <laughs> you're probably one of the eyes looking at me like, what? Well, no, I think I, I mean, I assume you're talking about Saint. Yeah. Saint. Saint. Oh, Saint Joseph. Yeah. The foster father of Jesus gets you a yes. front row.
0: Yeah, that's what I think. I think he's Because the it way- rhymes? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, because, in my head, I was. And because I have a special devotion to St. Joseph. I mean, gotcha. we, we love St. Joseph we in our too. house. We, we pray to St. Joseph as a family, you know, in, in, all, all the time. So he's one of our patrons. And so, yeah, Front Row Joe is St. Joseph. I
1: love it. I'm assuming you were, um, I think I was assuming you were talking about St. Anthony. <laughs> mainly because if something's lost and can't be found um our name is st tony yeah tony tony turn around something's lost and can't be found <laughs> who um, i have my-
0: a great devotion to as well i am a fir- i am a good friend close personal friend of st anthony he is solid
1: here 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 the eddies are too. Um, so my last little bit is adults do not belong in a minivan <laughs> <laughs> just just if anybody wants to rent a minivan for what like 6 Eight uh-huh. adults, however eight many adults. there are, yeah, there were eight of us. Eight adults don't really fit that well in a minivan. Yeah. That is all I'm going to say. Our legs are too long. So.
0: <laughs> and certain and certain adults don't ever need to be in the back seat as well. <laughs> if you <laughs> get
1: car sick, you're dead.
0: <laughs> yes, no, uh, here, here, I totally agree it, with that. Fun, a fun bit.
1: time, a fun time, but legs aren't meant to be in the way back of a minivan unless you're That's four. Right.
0: Well, well, or your mate, which or makes it doubly, doubly um, ironic that I'm the person with the shortest legs among our among our friend group on that trip, and yet I could not sit in the back without like needing to pull over and take a break <laughs> every once in a while. Although I will say that hydration is super duper helpful in battling uh, extended measures of car sickness. So. <laughs> that's that's what I, I love know. It. That's, that's, that's what you learn. That's not my last little bit. I think my last little bit, um, it, it came to mind when we were talking about Anna's, uh, Anna's blog on hymns. And uh, I don't have like huge hymns that I recall to sing to my babies. I wish I did. I wish I had that in my repertoire. I wish that I had just, you know, uh, hymnals that, that came out of me all the time, but I don't, but I do have two songs that, um, I have sung to babies, not just, I I started singing them to babies before I even had babies. I remember singing it to one of my nieces, um, when she was super duper little and I remember standing in my mother-in-law's dining room, just kind of singing in her ear, trying to calm her down. And I've, I've sung it for now, you know, 19 years at least. Um, And I think that I got it when I was teaching at Our Lady of Sorrows in uh, Birmingham, Alabama. I was an extended substitute teacher for a while. And I think I, I think it was one of the responsorial Psalms because I know it comes from the Psalms, but I don't know what song it is. And so I'm going to, I'm gonna sing because I want anybody (laughs) because and I'm only gonna do this because I have a self-interest here I want anyone who knows where this came from it might not you know what I might be singing the wrong tune even like it may have morphed over these 20 years into something totally unrecognizable than how it began, but if you know where this psalm came from and you know like the rest of the story, I want to know about that. So, so email us um, at bellator Society and let us know where this comes from. But this is how it goes. This is the song that I sing to to all the babies. As a child rests in his mother's arms, so will I rest in you. As a child rests in his mother's arms. So will I rest in you? Where did that come from, y'all? That's Do what you I want to know. Sing it
1: like that to your children, yeah, because that's like beautiful. Oh, I mean, thank I you. sing, I sing, yeah. but it's
0: like it's you
1: know kind of singsongy. It's not like. <gasps> a true singer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that that's a true singer. And again, I'm not, no, even 100%, good. I mean, I'm not even 100%. It comes from a real song in those notes. I know that the words are from a psalm um, and I just sing it over and over and over again. So just kind of like, go, and sometimes I riff a little bit and make it sound even a little bit different, <laughs> but um, I would love, I would love to know the, the verses. I would love to know, um, you know, the rest of the song. So anyway, that's Help my last out. little bit. Help me y'all. I'm going to crowdsource this one. <laughs> Have a good one. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us today on Bellator Colloquium. Please look for Bellator Society on everything social. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And if you like what we're doing here on this podcast, we would love for you to share that with us. Rate us on iTunes to help us get the word out and share, share, share. We cannot wait to chat next time right here on Bellator Colloquium. The conversation for online warriors for the true, good, and beautiful.